0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Savannah consistently lands on or at the top of lists of America's most haunted cities. On a given night, competing ghost tours tromp across town squares and gather at historic buildings to hear creepy legends of unquiet spirits lurking alongside the living. Christopher Baranato is no ghost hunter, but a Savannah-based writer who researched some of the city's most haunted sites, storied locations, and urban legends. His new book, Secret Savannah, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure, unveils facts about the city to guide first-time visitors or long-time residents. Today, we're talking with him about some of the eerie and creepy things he's learned, and connecting with us from Savannah is Christopher Baranato. Hello. Hi. So this was your opportunity to re-explore Savannah with this book. Who did you have in mind when writing the book, locals or tourists? Really,
1: both. I mean... uh because you know I consider myself a local now uh you know I I I'm married to a, a local my wife Courtney and uh I realized when they asked me to write this book that i had been taking the city for granted that there was a lot of things I'd always heard about but never actually went out to explore or check out so I saw this not only as an opportunity to publish a book which is always a good deal but uh, to reacquaint myself with my home.
0: So, what was your process for uncovering or telling these stories? Obviously, you go and visit the place, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of history behind them.
1: There certainly is. Yeah, uh, you know, I do research in you know other guides or look at old Savannah books. In fact, I had borrowed uh, a tour guide from the 1800s from a friend of mine, and I didn't find too much stuff in there, but it was fun to look through that old material. And then certainly websites and then talking to locals and tour guides and getting information about that. And then just using my own, you know, putting my own kind of contextualization and spin on some of these stories. Uh, For example, uh, I had never heard of the Powder Magazine, which is this... Looks like a stone castle that's just hidden out in the woods that uh, used to store all of Savannah's dynamite. I'd never heard of that before; didn't know it actually existed. So I finally went out to go see it for the first time, and that was very exciting.
0: So, how did you verify? Give me an example of a process for research for one of the places that you visited.
1: Let's see. For the powder magazine, I definitely go, you know, look at uh, historical records for certain things. You know, for, for some of the older buildings and architecture, the the historical information is easily you know, easy to dig up. For other things that are a little vaguer, you know, as far as stories that just kind of became local legend that you know, I, I do the best. A lot of times it was secondary sources that I'd get that information from, and it would be kind of hard to dig up the primary source from where they got it in the first place, but it still makes it an interesting enough story to include, include into the book.
0: Uh, so all of the legends make it in there, too. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Well, there's an example of the various explanations handed down from generation to generation in the story of the tunnels that run underneath Savannah. First... Is that true? Tunnels are running all underneath Savannah.
1: Mostly, no. There are certainly, you know, basements and you know, long basements that run under things. Probably the one that's most verifiable is uh, the old Chatham Hospital. Uh, right after, like, shortly after the yellow fever, had built a uh, uh, a tunnel, a new mortuary uh, underneath uh, Force, uh, underneath Forsyth Park, running from like running underneath uh, Drayton Street. Uh, where they would store the bodies rather than directly in the building. And that building's not owned by SCAD, but you can still see outside the building the old wooden door that leads to that uh, old morgue underneath.
0: There are some places that, as you say, a guide to the weird, wonderful, and obscure, and the downright bizarre, inexplicable things like Echo Square. This is in Rusaka's Plaza on Savannah's Riverwalk. What is so strange about this spot?
1: You have uh, bricks on the ground that form a black X, and then it has these um, planters around it with pampas grass. And if you stand right in the middle of the X and speak, it creates this weird echo chamber around your head. It's almost like having your head in a box. Uh, and the the strangest thing about it is uh, no one outside of that X can hear that echo. You're the only one who is hearing it. Hmm. Um and and oddly enough, there's no marker to indicate that it's an echo square or an echo chamber. Uh, most tourists walk past it completely unaware that you know there's anything remarkable about it.
0: And I've watched a YouTube video of someone actually recording the echo <laughs> inside mm-hmm. of that square, but- do, you, do we know? I mean, obviously, there's an X there that was put there for some reason. Anything about whether it was designed to do this?
1: It almost feels like it had to have been, you know, X marks the spot. And, you know, and everyone has different stories about what it is. Some people think it's a supernatural zone of interest or, um, you know, you mentioned the tunnels earlier. Some uh, people like to think that maybe there's tunnels right underneath there that create kind of a hollow echo effect when you stand in that spot.
0: Well, the supernatural gets a lot of play in Savannah, ghost stories and paranormal activity. Is there a place in particular that is of most interest for paranormal activity in the city?
1: You know, it seems as though almost every single spot in Savannah is haunted. (laughs) In fact, I didn't set out To write about ghost stories when I wrote this book, I mean, this book contains the world's largest boiled peanut or, you know, a petting zoo, things like that. But when you write about Savannah, the ghosts just seem to find themselves lurking in the margins of your text, and you just can't help it. It would be like writing a book about Washington, D.C. and not mentioning politics. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, probably the most haunted space in Savannah uh, is Moon River Brewing Company. That's certainly the most infamous. Uh, Two different ghost hunter shows had... Been filmed there.
0: So what supposedly happened at the Moon River Brewing Company?
1: Well, the Moon River Brewing Company used to be the city hotel, was built in 1821. Probably the most uh, infamous story about Moon River is in 1832, a local miscreant named James Stark had uh, developed a feud with a local doctor, a respected doctor. And he had said a lot of nasty things about him, you know, in the company of other people at the city hotel. So the doctor came and shot him and killed him. And fortunately for the doctor, because he was well-respected and no one liked James Stark, he was acquitted and was able to continue practicing medicine. That's the only verifiable murder that's happened that I've been able to dig up. But there's certainly a lot of other ghosts that seem to be haunting that place that are unrelated to James Stark.
0: So I take it you, from the skeptical view that you take in researching some of these places, are not a believer in the paranormal. I'm not a
1: believer in ghosts, but I do believe in strange, uncanny spaces. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the places that usually give me an uneasy feeling, not so much the idea that there's a presence or a person there. It's almost like the architecture itself is enough to uh, give me an uneasy feeling.
0: But you've never acquainted yourself with any ghosts?
1: Well, my only ghost experience. And this, you know, everyone has at least one ghost story that they just cannot explain about, you know, something that happened in their childhood or their life. And this one was relatively recent. My... Mother-in-law is definitely a firm believer in ghosts, uh, and uh, she claimed to have a ghost in her house and would tell me all kinds of stories about how the, the, there was a little boy and the mischief he'd get into in the, in the house. And I didn't believe it ever until my own son, who was a toddler at the time, was playing in what we call the flamingo room. It's the guest bedroom, all decked out in flamingos. And he was playing there for a while, and then he came out with this pale look on his face, totally terrified look. There's nothing in there that can scare you. Like I said, it's flamingos. But he saw something in there that absolutely mortified him. And I was never able to get out of him what it was that he saw. Ooh. And that was about as close to a ghost as I've ever gotten.
0: Oh, that is so creepy. I, You know, I've actually been on some of those ghost tours in Savannah. And no knock on the people who are doing them, but they show you these, you know, some of them carry these um, big iPads that show pictures that show, you know, shadowy spirits or something levitating. And I just think... Well, you know, it's pretty easy to mess with a photograph, isn't it? What, what do you, why do you think there's such a brisk trade in ghostliness there in Savannah? What is it in particular about that place?
1: Oh, it's absolutely the atmosphere and the history, you know, with the yellow fever and the fire in the 1800s. A lot of tragedies and deaths that, you know, make great fuel for ghost stories. Uh, for example, the Colonial Cemetery... right in the center of town looks like the platonic ideal of a a spooky cemetery. It has about 12,000 bodies buried in it, but only 700 gravestones. Uh, And the most interesting thing about it is there is a historical marker there about uh, a mass grave for nearly 700 yellow fever victims that died in 1820. Mm. But the funny thing about the nearly 700 is, uh, according to the official records, uh, it was 666 Uh, victims of the yellow fever but the marker says nearly 700 because as we all know 666 has kind of uh, a malevolent satanic connotation to it
0: so they did not want to put that on the marker
1: no i mean you know ghosts are good for tourism but you know there's certainly a limit
0: are there any creepy or obscure places that are legendary that you didn't put in the book because you couldn't verify what their sources or the story behind them was
1: oh yeah my favorite ghost story even though i don't necessarily believe in ghosts this one is just so interesting to me and so touching uh in fact when i first told the story to my wife her eyes kind of welled up with tears so a fair warning to your listeners but uh the firehouse downtown which happens to be close to the colonial cemetery uh the firefighters there claimed to have seen a small boy at night go down the the, the fire pole oh. and uh yeah, you know, I, I, the story could end right there, but one of the firemen had spoken to uh, their neighbor, this white house that next door that had been built in 1819, uh, a kind of a historical home, and she said that she'd heard children running around in her house that night, just pitter patter feet up and downstairs and on the floors, and she didn't, and it made it difficult for her to sleep, and she didn't know what to do about it, so they came up with the idea of perhaps putting them to bed. So every night before she goes to sleep, she'd go to each room, stick her head in and say, nighty night, sleep tight, time to go to bed. Oh, my and goodness. And after that routine, uh, she wouldn't hear peep. It would be completely silent and she could sleep. And so the guy who told me this story, uh, he was so intrigued by it that he had decided to do a little research. And he found that at one point that building had been used as an orphanage.
0: Oh, my goodness. Let me ask you, Chris, were there any famous myths debunked? During your research
1: well not so much debunked but uh, there's tourists are definitely interested in Forrest Gump they love that movie and they want to see the bench and because I work at the gallery espresso on Chippewa Square where Forrest Gump was shot I get asked at least a dozen times where is the bench where Mm -hmm. is the bench we can't find it and I always have to break their hearts and disappoint them and tell them that the bench was a movie prop it's not actually there and, uh, you know, they look a little dejected, but I tell them where they can stand and at least take a picture in the spot where it once was.
0: You'd think they just put a darn bench there for the tourist oh, benefit. Can you
1: imagine the queue of people <laughs> lined up in the middle of the street to take that picture? Yeah, it would, it would be it would be great for the chocolate business that's next door to us. They would probably sell a lot of chocolate just for photo ops.
0: Not even the ghost of a Forrest Gump bench. <laughs>
1: I feel, ha- I, frankly, I feel haunted by Forrest Gump personally because of <laughs> this bench story.
0: <laughs> I suppose that and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil have their long trail there in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Christopher Baronado, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Savannah author Christopher Baronado, he just went over some of Savannah's most scary facts and locations, along with some that aren't so scary. You can learn more from his new book, Secret Savannah, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. And Chris is going to be at the book lady shop in Savannah to talk about his book tomorrow. That's November 1st. Details on the event at our website, gpbnews.org. And as we head into the break, we're going to listen to Neon Frankenstein by the Marshmallow Ghosts, their new album, The Old Witch's Cavern was released by Graveface Records in Savannah. Coming up in Atlanta, Historic Home invites us to explore the mind of Edgar Allan Poe, the godfather of horror. I'm Virginia Prescott. We've got more dark tales coming your way. Stay with us.